You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Chasen. This is a replay of WIBW show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com, and the man across the studio from me because he doesn't love me anymore is Scott <laughs> Chasen on a Chief Sunday. And for full disclosure, we're recording this long before the Chiefs play. In fact, I haven't had all my caffeine. Scott, well, okay don't Don't get mad at us if the result of the game goes poorly, but I will say this. Walking into the studio, something fell down, hit us both in the head that kind of happened to a KU player so if we're out of it a little bit that's what happened you know your day's gonna go wrong when you get hit in the head by the scoreboard yeah Fitz we have a segment on the clock uh that was literal on the clock when the (laughs) clock comes down and smacks you uh, right in the face I hope KJ Adams is doing okay you can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show on twitter at the drive 13 and of course Answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of The Drive, you can listen to an audio-only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at gopowercat.com. And we start things off with our two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt to your work boot center. Well, Scott, KU basketball got smoked by Kentucky in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. What did the blowout tell you about the Jayhawks this year? Well, Fitz, it it tells me there are still some problems this year that were problems last year. And when I look at the game in college basketball, I think there are really five ways to win a game. Outscore your opponent is definitely on that list. But look, you can out-execute your opponent. You can out-talent them. You can out-shoot them. You can out-hustle them. And you can out-athlete them. Now, Kansas this year and last year, that's not a team that can win all five. Kansas cannot out-talent and out-athlete the elite teams in college basketball. Kentucky, Auburn, Gonzaga, Baylor. Kansas doesn't have those advantages over those teams. So for Kansas, Kansas has to out-execute you, out-shoot you, and maybe out-hustle you. Well, in this game, Kentucky won rebounds, 41-29. They definitely out-hustled Kansas. They out-executed Kansas. Kentucky had more assist steals, fewer turnovers. And Kentucky outshot Kansas. So that's obviously not a recipe for success when you're already at a talent and athleticism deficit. Now look, Kansas made moves this offseason to get more athletic and get more talented. Kansas got Remy Martin to help with quickness. Joe Yesifu to help with athleticism. K.J. Adams to help with strength. Even shooting uh, Jalen Coleman-Land, Zach Clements. The, The issue is those guys aren't playing. And the guys who are playing this year are still a lot of the guys who were playing last year. In fact, about 160 of the 200 minutes per game are going to the guys who were on the roster on last year's team that had flaws. Now, look, I do think this year's team is better than last year's team. I think that's important to note, but it doesn't really matter if you can only win games the same ways, you know? Last year's team wasn't flawed because the players were bad. It was flawed because they had to be sharper than you. They had to execute better. They had to make more shots. They had to do that to beat you. And by not playing some of these newer players earlier on and figuring out new ways to play, this team is kind of limited by those same parameters. Maybe they are better at some of those things. 
but they don't have more ways to beat you. The truly great Kansas teams, Fitz, they've always had a lot of different ways to beat you. Maybe they can beat you defensively. Maybe they can hit threes. Maybe they can run up and down the court. Maybe they've got a five-star freshman like a Josh Jackson or an Andrew Wiggins who can just take over the game. This team is still a little bit limited, and I don't know if the best path for KU moving forward is work on those three areas, try and just get really good at execution, defense, shooting, or maybe try to play a little differently. Play Remy Martin a little bit more, get out in the open court. It's a puzzle right now for Kansas because I think they are still limited, even though I do think they are better, if that makes sense. Boy, Bill Self and Remy Martin need to come to an understanding. He needs to be on the court, but I understand what Coach Self is doing. you got to play my way or you're not going to play. <clears throat> and the line in the sand is getting pretty deep right now. I, I definitely think so. Well, Fitz, K-State looked lethargic in its Big 12 SEC Challenge game at Old Miss. How did this very winnable game go so wrong for the Wildcats? You know, heading into this game, Bruce Weber had this one circled. He circled it for his team. In fact, after the KU game a week earlier and said, this is the one. This is where we're going to restart the season. Then kind of dismissed and glossed over the Baylor game on Tuesday. And K-State lost that by 25 because they didn't look interested. But that's okay. They were going to be interested in this game. They were going to be involved in this game. This game was going to be the start to the new season and the drive through an easier Big 12 schedule coming up for the next couple weeks for the Wildcats that would set them up for the NCAA tournament. And then K-State came out in Oxford on Saturday afternoon and looked completely disinterested in playing basketball. They went through the motions. They didn't shoot the ball well, which isn't uncommon for this team. And they just looked like they were a step slower than an Ole Miss team that came into the game at 10-10. and 10. This was one of the worst teams in the SEC. It was a great road matchup for Kansas State. And yet, K-State didn't look like they wanted to really be there. Maybe it was an off day. I don't know. But there's things you can control in a basketball game in any athletic endeavor. And it's your effort, your focus, and your desire. You don't always make your shots. You don't always get the rebounds. K-State knows that very well. But you can play your butts off. And really, for the most part, only Mark Smith did that for K-State on Saturday. He looked uh, fired up. He looked, I can't say the word, mad about how the rest of his team was playing. And he defended his coach in the postgame press conference. But here's the thing. The time to defend your coach if he's under fire is on the court. You defend your coach with wins with effort. And I think Mark Smith knew that his teammates, other than maybe Nigel Packett, failed in that area. It was a miserable, dreadful, horrible performance. And just when you think K-State basketball might be getting better under Bruce Weber, and look, it is. This team is better than the last two. But there's still no denying one simple fact, Scott Jason. This is the worst three-year stretch Mm -hmm. in the history, certainly the post-World War II history of K-State basketball. And there's literally nothing with which it can be compared And I'll have more on that in our second segment. Well, Fitz, I was surprised, and we talked about this before the show, with how much Bruce Weber hyped this game up. But once you do that, you got to make sure to come through and and deliver. And uh, Kansas State obviously did not do that. Scott, the Big 12 lost in the Big 12 SEC SEC Challenge on Saturday. Have we been overrating the Big 12 as a basketball conference? I think the answer is yes. Fitz, I think a little. Now, I I would just say this. I, I still think the Big 12 top to bottom you know, one through 10 is probably strongest league. It's got a bunch of teams that are close to each other that are very good. 
But let's talk about the SEC a little bit because the SEC is configured a little bit differently than the Big 12. The SEC has some really good teams, and you're seeing Alabama that, that took it to Baylor. But look, Auburn is the number one team in the country. My personal opinion is that Kentucky is better than Auburn. Kentucky was leading Auburn by 10 points before Ty Ty Washington got injured in that game. I think Kentucky probably goes on to win at Auburn. Uh, those are some really good high-end teams, especially Alabama under NATO. Alabama's been weird. They beat Gonzaga. They beat Baylor. They've also lost to some really bad teams like Iona. I think they lost to Missouri. The SEC, I think what it did is show that there is more depth to the conference than maybe I realize, maybe some people realize. I think we all knew the, the SEC had really good teams, has really good young talent. It's going to have a bunch of high draft picks to come out of the conference. At the end of the day, though, this was a shot to maybe the ego and the pride of the Big 12. You know, Bill Self loves to say the Big 12 is the best conference in college basketball. I don't think you can say that anymore. I don't think you can say that the rest of the year. It's still one of the best. It's still probably the deepest. It's still got plenty of good teams. But to me, Fitz, what unfolded on the court, I mean, if TCU doesn't beat LSU and TCU basically tried to blow that game, I mean, we would have been looking at 7-3. to three. I mean, that could have also happened with the Texas game that was the last game that day. This was close to being ugly, like 8-2, 7-3, you know, to, to the SEC. That surprised me, Fitz. I, I wasn't ready for that. The Big 12's hanging its hat on its power ranking. As a whole, the conference pulls everyone up because everyone in the conference is ranked or, you know, thought to be so tough according to the computers. And that was just dispelled in one afternoon. And you can't read too much into just, you know, 10 results, but this was pretty telling to me that the Big 12 maybe isn't all that it's cracked up to be because it didn't look like the SEC just wanted it more. And they did. They clearly have put more importance on this series. It, it looked like they were better. They just were better. And in defense of the Big 12, all 10 of your schools have to play, and the SEC gets to lop off four teams that may not be coming into the season very good and gives them an advantage, but still. And the irony for me, Scott, and I said this in our daily delivery that appeared at Go Powercat on Sunday, um, this will hurt the overall power rankings of all the teams. It'll pull, if the conference goes down, they'll pull everyone down. And ironically, it could hurt Iowa State and TCU, two teams that actually won. Yeah. Because they might now find themselves a little bit closer to the bubble and certainly maybe a spot or two lower seeded if the season plays out the rest of the way. I think it will. That's a good point. Now, a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. Well, last week's question was, will Kansas State make the NCAA tournament this year? And by the way, people jumped off the K-State boat before me on this one. 89% of people saying no, Kansas State will not make the tournament. Obviously, after the last week, uh, we have a little bit more data on that. 7% say yes as a play-in team. Only 4% of people, 1 in 25, say K-State will be safely in the field. Yuck. This week's question is, what is the biggest issue facing KU basketball? I pick E, attacking scoreboards. Mm -hmm. A, point guard situation. B, play of big men. C, defense. D, lack of depth. Let's throw an E on the scoreboard that hates them. <laughs> Vote on our Twitter page at the Drive 13 Fitz, we've asked a similar question to that, maybe close to that before, but I think this year it's very interesting because I think there are a yeah. few different answers. Yeah, it is. Uh, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on the Drive. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Scott, Kansas struggled in several areas against Kentucky, and All-American candidate Ochai Abaji never really got going. What can the Jayhawks do to help him out moving forward? Well, Fitz, the other players, the other guys, really need to step up because they've let Ochai Abaji down now a few times. You know, after the game, Bill Self was asked about the difficulty for Ochai Abaji, and he said that's not really fair because as good and important as Ochai Abaji is, it's, it's not really, he's not the type of guy that he's just going to dominate a one-on-one -on -one matchup so dramatically that you're going to win a game. Now, I draw a distinction from a guy like Ochai Abaji, who's a very good player, he is going to be an All-American, probably a first-team All-American, to some of the other great first-team All-American guards KU has had in Frank Mason and Devontae Graham, because those were guys with the ball in their hand constantly, who are going to make plays half-court, open-court, defensively, they were really going to do it all whereas Ochai Abaji kind of relies on other guys to set him up. Now look, he's improved tremendously and dramatically as a scorer. He can do a lot more off the bounce than he used to be able to, but he's still a wing who's dependent a lot of times on the pieces around him. And when you look at how the pieces around him are playing, it hasn't always been that great. Start with Christian Brown, his running mate. Christian Brown was this team's second best player in non-conference play at four 20-point games in non-conference play. That's excellent. He hasn't done that since. He's really struggled. He shot 40% or worse. Uh, I think it's six of his last eight games. 40% is not a good mark. And to be there six out of eight times for a player you'd say is your second best player, that's not good. David McCormick has had three good games since the start of Big 12 play. Every other game hasn't been average. It's been bad. If David McCormick isn't drawing double teams on the inside, things get a little bit more crowded on the perimeter. And then there's what I call the Dewan Harris problem, which is Dewan Harris is a good player. He's one of Kansas's better defenders, probably their best defender, but defenses don't respect him, and Kentucky certainly did not uh, respect him. The defender guarding him at times was just standing in the paint, making the lane more crowded. He can cheat, he can help onto Ochai Abaji. It, it makes Kansas easier to guard when those other guys aren't playing well. Dewan Harris has got to shoot when he's open or teams won't guard him. David McCormick has got to play so much better, and Fitz, Christian Brown has kind of disappeared after his great start to the year. When those guys aren't playing well, makes it harder on Ochai Abaji, and that's how a game like this happens. Uh, Scott, I don't mean to correct you, but I cover Kansas State. There is absolutely nothing wrong with 40% from the field. That's a pretty good day. <laughs> that's a nice day at the office. Fair. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Fitz. Uh, well, Fitz, Kansas State fans are less than pleased with how the Wildcats lost Saturday. Does that mean the Bruce Weber era might be nearing its end in Manhattan? Well, I, the easy answer is yes, and I think if the, the rest of the season proceeds like we've seen, yeah, it, it's got to be. It, it'd be um, it'd be unbelievable if he was retained after three seasons like this. And honestly, if if that would happen, I, I think the anger of the fan base would move from Coach Weber to his boss, Gene Taylor. But I, I think he's aware of how dire this is because he sees the attendance, he sees the the lack of passion from the fan base. And yeah, those two wins against Texas Tech and Texas were nice. They were impressive. 
but that doesn't save you. I mean, it's pretty clear that they went out and found enough talent to get into the conversation of the NCAA tournament, but they still continue to have just utter swings and unexplainable swings in performance and passion. They were so good in the first half against Kansas. And yeah, shooting the ball makes you look good. I understand that. But they weren't just shooting the ball well. They were getting good shots. They were moving the ball. They were moving without the ball. They were creating three-point opportunities for Nigel Pack with the ball traveling inside out, which they don't often do. And then they just stop. And then they just go away. And uh, their coach coaches them constantly from the sideline. And the players have tuned it out. And I think a lot of K-State fans have tuned out basketball, which is a really, really unfortunate thing for Kansas State Athletics. They just have kind of stopped caring. They, when, when they stop caring, it means it's gone on too long because K-State fans love basketball. And I know if you're younger, you don't understand the context, but if you're my age or close to my age or older, you take a lot of pride and passion in basketball. There wasn't that big a gap between K-State and Kansas when, you know, 1988, when they met in the Silverdome. There, there wasn't that big a gap. Yeah, historically there was, but competition-wise there wasn't. And since then, the two programs have gone elsewhere, and it looked like K-State was coming back. And then Frank Martin was run out of town, and Bruce Weber came in and has done a great job at times winning two conference championships. You can't just skip over his accomplishments but they don't buy you a lifetime guarantee to a job. You gotta keep performing. It's, it's why you're paid millions of dollars. You're expected to perform, and he's been given a lot of time, and he's not performing right now. Yeah. Well, Fitz, it, it almost seems like a little bit of a turning point, that Kansas game. You wonder how things might be a little bit different had they actually held on and won that game, but they obviously didn't, and they really haven't rebounded since. If you want more on that, my post-game walk and talk after Saturday's game is up at Go Powercat. I think you'll find it interesting. <laughs> and now we ha- step out of bounds. And Out of Bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, Fitz, there have been reports this week, including from ESPN, that Tom Brady is set to retire this offseason. Is there any question in your mind that he's the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL? Uh, well, it's easy to point to other guys who might look better. You know what I mean? They might, mm-hmm. uh, they might be more fun to watch, or, but he is. I mean, you can't argue with the results. And, and I think what made it very clear is how he left New England and then just went to Tampa and won another Super Bowl. And that's a pretty good indication because winning Super Bowls isn't easy. And he makes it look easy. You can argue that the refs gave him a lot of calls. The NFL wanted to promote him because... You know, he was such a brand. But at the end of the day, the guy is a warrior. I mean, he's, what, 93 years old? Is that right, Scott? 90, <laughs> 90, 94. 94, fits. And he's still playing football, and he's married to a supermodel. I mean, it reminds me a lot of Scott Chasen, <laughs> yeah. in fact. But, That's what uh, they say. yeah, he is the greatest, no doubt about it. But what a season. Look at the quarterbacks that have now stepped into retirement. And why? Uh, it's because of Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, and you can keep going down the list of all the great young quarterbacks in the league, and it's fun. And I'm excited for the NFL for many years to come because of the next generation of quarterbacks. Tom, 
your time has passed. Move on. Thank God. Yeah. A uh, quick point on him. Uh, it's incredible that he's played so well as he's gotten older, but I think that just speaks to uh, the, the dude has the fastest processor in the history of football. It, it seems like he's impossible to sack. I think yeah. that was the, the biggest frustration always going against him. It's like you, a second later, the ball's out, first down, you know, it just keeps moving. It's crazy. So he, he's incredible. He, he is the GOAT, I think, in my opinion, Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now let's hear from our fans. Our fan question sponsored by Medlark, supporting people in living their best lives our fan question this week is well Fitz it's for you so I'll read it what's the best case scenario for Kansas State the rest of the year it's from Wilson in Manhattan I mean if you look at the schedule for Kansas State they have some very winnable games here they've got West Virginia coming in they got a home and home with Oklahoma State in the next few weeks they they go to TCU soon It, it I mean there's more winnable games in front of them but they got to win them, and you can't start stringing together wins if you're wildly inconsistent, which they are. And uh, so I, I think maybe an NIT bid, maybe, but I don't, I don't see this team getting over the hump and having a winning record at the end of the year. Well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. And when we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now it's time to take a look at our predictions. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Let's look at last week's results, and we all stunk. 0 and 3, 1 and 2, and 1 and 2. <sighs> Fitz, and now, it just makes you yeah. want to forget about all the records and not look at them anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm used to that <laughs> in my job. And now here are this week's picks, and we start with Kansas, a pick'em playing host to Baylor, Scott. Fitz, I'm actually going to take Baylor on this one. I think Baylor is a better team that knows what it is more than Kansas right now. So Scott Drew gets a rare win in Allen Fieldhouse, maybe. Alabama's on line two for Scott. I will take (laughs) Kansas. I think KU will bounce back. Well, Fitz, next is K-State plus four and a half at TCU, you say. I want to pick the Cats, but I can't. I just can't. You've lost my faith, TCU, Frogs. Fitz, I will go opposite. I'll go K-State on that one. Oh, very good. Mm-hmm. Here's the last game of the week. It's Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. We set it a pick'em. Scott? I will go 0 for 3 with Oklahoma State going down with the ship. I will take OU again. <laughs> Make your predictions on our Twitter page, at the Drive 13 Now it's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One by Local for a strong local community. Scott, take it away. Well, Fitz, listening to preview content going up to the Kansas-Kentucky game, I, I found it really interesting. I was listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Matt Jones of Kentucky Sports Radio came on, and he described Kentucky as a Kansas team. said they play the way that Kansas teams play, and I thought about it. 
Kentucky has great point guard play, Severe Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington. Kentucky has Oscar Shibway, the dominating big man. That is a Bill Self team. That's how he normally builds his team, around the guards and the bigs, and then you kind of figure it out on the wing, and if you get the right guys, that's how you get a really special season. You think about some of the best Kansas teams. They've had Frank Mason, Devontae Graham, Devon Dotson, Sharon Collins, the big men who have anchored the defense, Jeff Withy, Cole Aldridge, Yudoka Azubuki, on and on. Kansas doesn't have those pieces this year. They're more wing-oriented, and it's been kind of a weird fit. We ended last week's show talking about Aoka Lee. She ended up Kansas State women's basketball player with 61 points in that game, which isn't just a great game. It's an NCAA record. <laughs> in the last two games, she scored 20 and 21. How good is she? It feels like a letdown to score 20-plus. <laughs> and that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We'll see you next week right here and all week on social media.